0: Welcome to the Theory of DFS podcast. I'm Jordan Cooper, the co-author of the Theory of Daily Fantasy Sports, 15-hour audio DFS masterclass you can pick up at theoryofdfs.com. Join with me this week. I'm surprised, I'm surprised he hasn't been on the show yet because I, I do interviews all the time. But it's Steve Buzzard, aka DeCultz. Also known from Stochastic, although Steve, you're you're not you don't make many media
1: appearances. <laughs> I need to make more. It sounds like, especially I'm not sure why I haven't been invited to to come hang out with you here lately. But uh, I, I do shows every now and then. But yeah, you're right not not a ton of them. I figured that since I
0: I had Neil on as a recurring you know guest host for for so long that I felt like
1: well Stochastic is represented enough. That's fair. That's fair. I, I think I think though we need to get some uh, more diversity of stochastic folks in general. So Well, um, I mean Adam, Adam came on once and then Adam is
0: more likely to go to the bar than show up at
1: <laughs> That's true. But yeah, I'm uh glad to be here, glad to hang out. Uh hopefully uh get to talk a lot about a lot of fun stuff. Right. And the, the main reason why I wanted you on not only
0: because you know you've won the Millie Maker before, right? So you you profitable DFS player, Stochastic, one of the the top uh, content and tools sites for DFS in the industry, and you guys came out with a new product called Stochastic Sims, which I still think that that you need a little bit more cheesy marketing, like <laughs> like in Simtastic or Stochastic Sims, simply Simtacular something like that i think that that could spice it up but you did the the intro video that that is on the site because you you, you have used this tool you're part of developing this tool and would you agree that this is probably the th- i would consider generation 3 of the innovation of daily fantasy sports publicly available Resources. So I would consider like generation one would be like projections. Right. And number two would be generation two would be like optimizers, lineup builders, yeah. fantasy cruncher, lineup HQ, that type of thing. Uh, and generation three, I think, is a tool similar to Stochastic Sims. Maybe like the difference between what Justin Freeman does at Run the Sims and what you do now at Stochastic Sims, they're Different, because the Sims that that run the Sims are, do you want to recreate a game over and over again? Like, do you want do you want to run out, uh, you know, different NFL? Like, oh, I want to increase this guy's target share. I want to do uh the rushing efficiency, all that. Like, that's the thing that like makes the projections. But what you do at stochastic is you're simulating the contests, which I've called in the past. To, if you do it
1: accurately, kind of the holy grail of GPP play. Yeah. I mean, I think overall that is a pretty fair representation. I, one thing I would say is, you know each of those different tiers of the uh, different generations, you know, if you if you're calling it generation three, they kind of build on each other, right? So in order to have su- successful optimization in generation two, you needed successful. Uh, projections. In order to do successful simulations, you need good projections and good uh, optimizers as well to to help you build out what your contest pool looks like. So so I think that they all kind of build on top of each other. But I do think that this is definitely a tool that is different from anything else that's out there um, in the industry. And that's why we're super excited about it. I mean I think there's just like so many different ways that you can uh, help players of all different skill sets with with this type of tool because there you know there's some folks and, and it's been really interesting um, the different people that have been using the tool actually so like I get all kinds of different questions from people that are super advanced players to questions from you know people that are just kind of starting off never really done anything with Sims before. And um, I, I don't know. It's just really interesting. It's brought a lot of people um, into the mix and and they just kind of are pretty excited to try it out. We're pretty excited to help them uh, win as well, or at least be, you know, more profitable than they were.
0: Well, you you mentioned two things that you need in order to have this Generation 3. the The player projections, as well as some type of approach to optimization, but the third thing is really ownership projections. I mean, what we're essentially doing, as I teach with the theory of DFS, and so now I teach, I think we're we're aiming at the the same types, the demographic of like we have we have we have the certain demographic, we, which I would just let's bluntly call it the bad players that will refuse to admit or concede the fact that this is more of a mathematical game than. You knowing about sports and just going into the bathroom and putting together a lineup, uh, but it's also not for the people that may proprietarily have their own way of they have their own programming, they have their own computer process. They had they they don't necessarily need a tool like that. They're doing something similar with it, but it goes along with the overall concept. The three levers of DFS, which is you know the projection correlation leverage that i teach blunt methodologies because the tools don't exist or didn't previously to to yours to use a generation 3 approach that it's more of looking at ownership sum or ownership product versus a median projection not a full range of outcomes and we're also looking at projections very much as if they're normally distributed when they may not be normally distributed and then you have optimizers and lineup builders that failed to take in any type of correlation coefficients when it comes to how they you know there if anything it's a monte carlo approach of doing it and then you have instances where well in this instance this pitcher pitch you know gets 41 points but the stack across from him also scored 12 runs and it's like that's right. like yeah based on 10000 versions of this the right numbers are there but in the individual instances it really doesn't make any sense but what I aim to do in GPPs, I mean, from a very macro standpoint, is that you want the highest projection, whatever you want to call it, if it's not even not the median projection, the highest uh, chance of the, the, the lineup scoring a lot of points versus not having those points shared with other people as much as other lineups. So like the highest projection for the lowest ownership. But there's no way of doing that as precisely than with, some type of large sample size simulation. But you need all three factors. You need the, the the player range of outcomes. You need the correlation between the players to themselves, to everything else. And then you need the ownership. But like the, that ownership piece, even you, like you're doing it bluntly, like there's a big difference between, well, I the guy is projected to be 22% owned and then comes in at 30% owned and a lot. And there's a lot of leveling, especially in large field GPPs. And and, I mean, all size field GPPs that I could go to your site. I could go to stochastic. I mean, you've seen that you've, you've seen this in MLB, Steve, Mm -hmm. you go to stochastic and the top stack tool, which is trying to come up with information. That's very similar to what the, the, the stochastic Sims are doing. Saying that, oh, this 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 uh, this team stack in aggregate, right, has a seven point eight chance of being the top stack, but it's going to be owned at like two point seven percent. And then it's like, well, I got to play that stack, and next thing you know, the stack is twelve percent owned. And then <laughs> yeah. it's then it's it, it's 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 net quote negative leverage.
1: It looks good, but it, it doesn't end up being that right, way, but right? because <laughs> because
0: technically the ownership is off. Do you right. think yep. that? regardless of, of the stochastic sims tool, but just simulating contests in general, that the largest margin of error is not on the player projection and not on the correlation coefficient, but just in how often even single players, let alone, you know, combinations of players, are represented in the actual
1: contests? Um, yeah, I think probably so. So so let, let me... Um just so that everyone is aware who's watching just let me kind of explain a little bit of how the process works and maybe i'll hit on each of those points as i kind of go through the process a little bit is that uh, well, that's reasonable fine. i mean i just i just um, assume
0: that the audience we're 105 episodes in most of the people <laughs> listening or watching okay you no know, yeah. don't don't fit the the lowest demographic they they are they're mostly profitable players or break-even players that kind of get a sense of like how to play the game but can't program a tool and utilize what, what you have offered. Right. And I think, okay. I, I mean, personally, I think it could be extremely valuable, but I also think that there are, there are things that people can do with the tool that they think they are doing, but they're really not.
1: And the, yeah. and the output isn't representing what they think it's representing. For sure. Yeah. So, so, so to kind of like hit on those points. So, so the couple of things that you, you have there. So, one input into the Sims tool is you need to run a set of lineups, like, like you're saying, basically a contest simulation. Um, and then this contest simulation can and should represent somewhat close to what the actual field is going to look like. Um, in in essence, this is your representation of ownership. So if you have, um, you know, the A's will just, I don't remember what, which team you were talking about. It's an A stack that you think is going to be 2% owned, but then let's say you build a thousand lineups and have it in uh, 2% and maybe it shows as a really good lineup, but then you could build it with 12% uh, and then it's going to show as a, as a very bad lineup just because there are so many more A's lineups when the A's do poorly, the other lineups in the contest do well And they can surpass the A's, the A's lineup, right? And then you're, and when you have that A's lineup, every time the A's do well, there's more people competing against you to uh, win. So instead of, you know, maybe, uh, yeah, math is hard in my head, but you know, whatever that that extra ten percent of lineups that are going against against you, it just makes it that much harder to win each of those times. So so it has to spread out the ROI amongst. Uh, the A's lineups, right? So let let's say every time, any t- uh, just simply put, anytime like a stack wins, you're going to get paid out a thousand dollars, right? Um, of of this made up money. If you have one lineup with the A's in it in that contest, that one lineup gets all of the A's payout, right? That's really good. If you have ten lineups with the A's, they only get a hundred dollars each time, so it's it's not nearly as good. So that that's kind of how the, the sim is setting up uh, the payout but not, structure. But, not, but
0: also you, you have to admit that, I mean, from from it looking more granularly, not all A's stacks are the same. I mean, there's nine batters and like a five-man stack is different than a four-man stack. I mean, this is very similar okay. to your simulation output and the top stack tool that like it's showing you an aggregate. It's not sh- like the likelihood of the A's Six, seven, eight, nine, four man stack is going to be much lower than the one, two, three, four, five, depending on the price, depending on what you could, the positions, what you could fit in around it. So like I, I always, I always preach. It's very similar to what I talk. I, I use the example in NBA that oftentimes, and I, 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 I've, I've gotten these questions, Steve, right? Because remember, even though I'm, I, I do a show at Roto grinders. My goal is to is to teach people how to play DFS well, and I even on the show, I yeah yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna promote your stuff on the Roto Grinders show, but I also say I use everything in the industry. So it's like number one, it's a business write off spot, yep. but I mean <laughs> right, but I mean like yep. I'm to play DFS well, I'm not gonna just disregard something that 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 is useful. But in NBA, like I will take a look at you know the stochastic projections and the you know the top players you know the optimal chances and then what ends up happening is that we have this end type of nba slate we commonly see there's a injured player some some $3200 player projects for like 50 points or you know those type of examples and you'll see in the simulation output on your site and if and truthfully if you did it yourself jokic has a 22% chance of being in the optimal lineup LeBron James has an 18% chance of being in the optimal lineup, right? Luca has a 16% chance and people will go, wow, like Jokic is only going to be 6% owned and he has a 22% chance of being in the, I'm, I'm going to play Jokic, but I'm going to fade the $3,200 player. Not realizing <laughs> that the only reason why these high priced players are more likely to be optimal is because those are the lineups that could afford to because they have the $3,200 player that has projected for 50 points. So they're looking at this thinking that they're looking at it in the vacuum, but you have to really look and go, well, why is Jokic so low owned, even though he has the highest chance of being the optimal lineup? Well, because there's this $5,600 center that is also a high value. And let's say it's FanDuel and you can only play one center. And it's like, well, more lineups are going to have a combination of the $3,200 point guard and the $5,600 value center. And then you're going to see so much. So like the leverage is going to look like, well, the best way to play is Jokic without the $3,200 player. And it's like, yeah, but the projection of that lineup is like 24 points lower than, right? Like, like the you have to build a Jokic $3,200 guard lineup. So do you see how, like, if you understand like what the process is of how, how lineups are viewed as lineups and not players you would be much better judging the output of any tool let let alone the stochastic sims tool but just any we have slate iq at at roto grinders and the same thing happens of like why 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 are the tigers so like the third highest like stack to be like their their garbage team with a 3.8 run total it's like Well, they're all like $2,700, and we have two 12K pitchers on the slate that project for a million, and like that's how you fit that in, and that's why their percentage goes up. But people, I mean, you know from from educating people that people without understanding that will look and go, well, this number is bigger than that number, so I'm going to play that guy. And that's not really what you should be viewing the Sims tool as if it's going to show you that.
1: So I think one thing that it can do in that example uh, really well is it can keep you from making that mistake not to play that 3200 player because that 3200 player uh, is probably going to grade out pretty well in the sim because it is looking at lineups in a hole. So, um, so one of the things that I I really think is super helpful for this uh, this tool is let's just say for instance you're this the player almost almost exactly the player that you're you're just ex- explaining and let's say um this player plays like $50 a night right they aren't that good but they really enjoy having fun sweating the games and they want a chance to win a bunch of money right that player is probably losing about $1000 a month give or take um and it's because they are it's not because they're bad at picking guys like Jokic. It's, it is because they're, um, you know, they just maybe they haven't really, they don't really know this $3,200 player, or maybe um, it's also possible that they just don't understand the tools like like you're saying, and they think that they should fade that $3,200 player. But what the Sim is going to do is it's going to, um, even even if you don't make a perfect simulation contest pool, which you know, I'm sure we'll talk about that a little bit. But even if you don't make something that's perfect, most of the time it's going to say, hey, this this guy is just like such a slam dunk value um, that you really want to have him in a lot of your lineups. And my guess is that player that's losing $1,000 a month, um, they're probably not going to become like the next greatest player just because of this tool, but it's going to take them from you know that $1000 a loss per month to maybe closer to like a break even player and that in and of itself is a you know a $1000 cheaper entertainment for the month and a chance to still have like life changing money so i think that I, like, I, i've explained it steve as if even if, if you use it
0: averagely well like mm-hmm. at like not like stupid it's too stupid it's just stupidly Wise by putting in a completely unrepresentative field. I mean, like, but if you and somewhat if you just go through the process that you have on the site, I think that at worst it could help you weed out your worst lineups. Like, it may not make the lineups that if you're playing 20 lineups into a contest, like, it's quite possible that if you don't really know, if you know something or whatever, you may end up with four or five lineups that like, you really shouldn't be playing those four or five lineups. Like the SIM tool will basically tell you, don't play those lineups. Like it may not tell you the other 15, you could argue of which ones are better, which ones are higher EV, or if they're positive ROI or not, but it could definitely show you that that's like, no, no, these, these bottom five lineups, especially with the clumping issues that you get with some of these, the, the optimizers where you're trying to build out a big set. And it's like, well, you got a lot of high owned lineups at the top. And then you have a lot of low projected lineups at the bottom. Even if you just take those and go, let me just treat this, treat my 300 lineup set, my 500 lineup set. I'm going to pick 20 lineups out of this 300. It's like, well, it'll show you that like these lineups that are low projected. Yeah. They're low, low ROI. And then these lineups that are like, minus 15% ROI or like, oh yeah, those are the cash lineups, right? Like maybe I shouldn't yep. be playing those. And then at least the lineups that you are entering, like, cause I mean, I mean, truthfully, Steve, I mean, I don't think, I don't think it's a hot take to say that the difference between uh, above average DFS player and a great DFS player is fairly minimal in the grand scheme of things. But the
1: difference between a bad player and an above-average player is dramatic. Yeah, I think that's pretty fair to say. I agree with that. Um, it just it it takes like so much to effort to get to be like a break-even player consistently. I think so. Um, and, well, it, but and once it, once, it, once you're there, the difference between
0: between that break-even player and you is not as dramatic as people think.
1: Yeah, I think that's true
0: but but this tool i think it as long as you understand that this is a math game not a not a just like oh you know you get i know you have tons of people in your youtube trolling it's like why are we talking about all these numbers and you know is this guy going to do well today type of stuff but the type of person that at least has some fundamental understanding that is maybe losing to the rake like could easily go from losing to the rake to break even just by weeding out the the worst lineups that they play, just like this, that fifteen percent is probably that set of worst lineups.
1: Yeah, yeah, and th- and those are those add up a lot too, right? So if you can just, even if you're a really good player, I mean, I, I look at we have in addition to building um, the the lineups for you and choosing which lineups you should use, we have like what we call post contest simulator where you can look at the results of your lineup. We we run the simulation on the actual contest, which kind of eliminates ownership projection and tells you like how good you, um, you know, you would have done in that actual contest with projection, point projections being the only uh, unknown essentially. And- Is the, is the can, post-contest, simu- are you, now
0: the post-contest simulator, is it just a simulation of the actual or can you replace lineups? Can you, let's say there's a, a thousand- a person gets like, the twelve dollars single entry, and there's a thousand people, thousand lineups in there, and you download the contest CSV, and you're like, okay, post contest simulator using the player projections that or whatever, simulate the con- simulate the contest as if we knew all the lineups. Is there a way to say, okay, this is what is currently in the contest, but I want to test to see if this lineup would have been profitable. So, that lineup no, we, been, we, like, we different don't ones that aren't
1: in there. Yeah, yeah, we don't have that option right now. Basically the way i have explained it is like everyone sees the same simulation results right now we we just run it one time just the the files are so big and they take up takes up so much time and data to to run these uh big is products. it is it only
0: being run with stochastic projections or can you yes. input yeah.
1: Okay, yes, so you yes.
0: I couldn't input my own projections into the post-contest right. simulator. Great, right. that's correct. Okay. Maybe down maybe down can. the
1: road, if it if it gains popularity, we'll we'll right. we'll change that. But I, I want to um, make it clear the pre-contest one, you can. Is yes. there is there any
0: difference? Like what information Here's a question for people that may not use stochastic projections but still would like to use this tool. Maybe they build their own projections. Maybe they get it from another source, or maybe they aggregate or something. What information needs to be fed in, from a projection standpoint, in order for your simulations of just the play of just the players to to work? I mean, do do you need percentiles? Do you, I mean you can't? Do you, can it can it just be the median? Can it like what what
1: what what should be in this CSV file that I need to give you? Yep, um, I think you you just need essentially. So so we give you a template that you can download and then re-upload back to us. Um, you just basically need the DraftKings or FanDuel player IDs. We we support both sites um, and their mean projection, and I think that's it. Um, everything else we simulate from there. So okay, so, like so you you already factors. have the player distributions and
0: correlations yourself. So you, so you don't even have to worry about the floor and the ceiling or percentiles or inputting distributions. Because obviously we know that player distributions are really not normal, right? right? And yep. different players have different types of distri- distributions. You sure. That's all taken care of on the back end. Yep, exactly. Okay, so it, it's almost as if we need to trust you that you have that accurate. <laughs> you do. Which, which, which is fine, which I'm I'm not saying you don't. Yep. You know I'm just saying in general, like that's part of the black box right of like yeah. how you simulate things did like you're not going to tell uh, the, the user the correlation between these sets of players are X. It's like you have that's all in the back end and you ain't you you ain't getting that.
1: <laughs> that's true. It, it's uh, basically the same process that we run for the top stack tools um very very similar anyways well
0: that well that begs the question steve i'm i'm i'm, I'm asking the tough questions right <laughs> if you already run like for instance if you if you're running the top stack tools and the, the optimal player rate type of things yep you're running them based on on some i mean a large field contest like this is a weird question to ask is that if you're already Using ownership and using and trying to determine what this 30,000 lineup field is going to look like, why do I have to feed that in?
1: Um, yeah, that's a fair question. I mean, that's something that we could. So, so you're saying, like, should we, um, well, Steve, like, if you let you, you if let let gonna grade, grade against, against br- if you're going to say that the have
0: lineups. a 15% chance. Of being the top stack, or Clayton Kershaw has a 22% chance of being the top pitcher. That's not just on like on a player by player basis. You're going like, okay, let's let's run a contest and simulate and see. It's like, oh, out of all these instances, you know, ten thousand, a hundred thousand, a million. It's like Clayton Kershaw ends up in the in the optimal lineup 22% of the time. But in order to actually run that simulation, you need to run the lineups. You know, because obviously the, the, the chances of someone being in the, the the top whatever is very related to ownership also. So it feels like like if the that's the output that you're getting, it it almost feels like that, if you run your own sim, obviously for large field contests, if you run your own simulation in the stochastic sims and the numbers that are coming out are dramatically different than the stop top stack tool is that a sign that you have not entered as representative of a field as you should be? Because shouldn't at least they be direction. I'm not saying they'd be perfect. Right. Okay. But if you, if you're if the Braves are coming up as like 16% chance of being the top stack and you're, and you ran your 2000 lineup sim and it's showing like the Braves are like minus 70% ROI and they'd show up as, as the top stack, like 2% of the time that must mean that, Like you must, you must be entering lineups that like the brave stacks that you have in there have some fundamental problem in the other three batter spots or pitcher spots that make those lineups so bad that they're not even coming close to what the, your own site simulation output is telling. you.
1: Right. Yeah. I think that's probably pretty true. So a a couple of quick things there. So first of all, we don't, um simulate on like top stacks how often a lineup is or a stack is likely to win the contest we op- we say how often it is to be optimal and, 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 and to, your, to your point and there's a big most, difference there on that's you don't need the optimal you don't need right. the optimal yeah. lineup you just for need sure. a winning lineup for sure but but you're right there's a big difference between what's most op- likely to be optimal and what's most likely to win because like if someone is 100% owned even if they're not the most likely you know they're probably not 100% to be in the most you know optimal lineup cuz they can lose but if they're 100% owned they're 100% to be in the winning lineup right so um so they're not exactly the same things but um to your to your other point on the uh simulation on on this brave stack yeah i mean most likely what would happen there is you probably put the Braves into a lot of lineups that uh so maybe we thought that they had a 10 chance to win but instead you put them in 50 of the lineups because you thought that they're a really good stack and what that's doing is it's it's telling you all right the sim is thinking that the braves are going to be 50 owned and anytime you think that the braves are going to be 50 owned the, the brave stacks are probably not going to be good it's just it's so hard to pick the the right one out of those of 50% to win when you could just take the Red Sox or the Yankees or, or something else that is going to be 2% owned instead. Right, but don't you think that's the biggest
0: disconnect though? I mean, yep. when I saw, when I saw the product come out, I saw the biggest disconnect and the biggest part of the education that you guys have is that people are going to generate, they're going to go into fantasy crunch or whatever. They're going to go, I'm going to generate 2000 lineups, right? In whatever way they do, right. They go, just like they would normally go into FC. I'm going to build my 150 set, right? I'm just, I'm going to, I want 30% of this guy. I want 10% stacks. I want, you know, 75% five mans or whatever for MLB, but for like NBA could be whatever. And they're going to go, okay, I got, I got my, I got my 150 lineups and then I'm going to enter it into the, the stochastic Sims tool. And you're going to tell me how good these lineups are and what the ROIs are. And they're, they they think that's like, oh, this lineup has an 83% ROI. I'm gonna pl- I'm gonna play this in the in the four-point play or whatever, like whatever contest. Not realizing that, like, yeah, that's the ROI if these were the only 150 lineups that are in the it's it, it's the contest. It's not just people think it's you're comparing my 150 lineups to this fictional lineup set that you already have that is gonna be in the contest. Like to me, this would be the the more perfect product, is that you guys based on your ownership make the field and then i get to enter as many lineups as i want into the simulator and then it either first iteration could be that if i in, input 300 lineups into this third if if i enter 20 lineups into this 20,000 ent- entry contest i want you guys to every iteration to randomly replace 20 lineups from your fictional field with my 20 or even better, analyze my twenty and see if it's close to any of the lineups that you currently project, and to replace just those, so it's a little bit more accurate. And then come back with if you played 20, if you played a hundred of these lineups in this contest, these are the lineups that would do well against the field. Like I, I, I get the sense that more people think of the tool in that regard than no. All your job is to. Is, is to recreate don't build your lineups. You have to build the fields lineups. And then from there you could choose which ones you play more of or less of, or which ones individually. And I get the sense that even, even a week or two in that, I mean, I'm not in your, your, your discord. I'm not I, 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 seeing your shows that you do, but I would think that that's the biggest disconnect People will use the tool wrong. Think these numbers mean something when in fact that, like, yeah, when you have eighty percent Clayton Kershaw in your one hundred and fifty set, his ROI is going to be pretty shitty. But I mean, he's only going to be sixteen percent owned in the actual contest. Like that. Yep. Like the number like, like people will just not play certain lineups because their set is like no. They don't realize that it needs to be represent rep- representative, and that's not what they're accustomed to. If they're if they've been building and playing with. Fantasy Cruncher for years, like they're used to going in and building their own
1: lineups. They're not used to going in and building the right.
0: fields lineups.
1: Yeah, it's definitely a, a completely different uh thought process, and it's something that you know it took a little bit of explaining. But I think as we've, especially if for folks that are in our Discord, we have a, a Sims Discord channel. You, sh- you should uh, join that one. By the by the way, uh, hanging out in that one quite often, just answering people's questions. Um, that was certainly the most common question that we're getting and i think people are understanding it a little bit more but but i agree completely like people are used to building what they think are the best 150 lineups and or maybe a thousand lineups and and whittling them down from a thousand to 150 or you know something like that versus what the field looks like so this is kind of like a combination of all of those like how, how can you make the most good lineups because you want good lineups to to win out and also make it somewhat representative of the field as well. So, you know, what, what you're proposing, maybe that's something that we do down the line. I'm not sure. Um, because uh, I think that's the most difficult part. I mean, yep. I mean, I mean, we all know, you know, all the,
0: all the, all the good players, right. We all know in our secret chat, right. Because We always have to have a collusion secret chat that doesn't exist. That the hardest, like the hardest part of simulation um, simulations, is getting the representative sample of what the contest is. I mean, just ownership alone. And I explained this on the DFS pregame show a lot, just in using optimizers. I mean, people get it wrong. I would say more than half of people that use optimizers, get it wrong. What they'll do. They'll go in. I've seen this. I've seen this firsthand. I mean, it's number one of the top things they'll go in. They'll say, I want 50% Jacob, deGrum, <laughs> I want 50% Clayton Kershaw. Right. just entered two pictures, whatever it is. Uh, and I want to build 300 lineups. And what'll end up happening is that it's quite possible that your first 150 out of the 300 will have both of the pitchers in it. And the next 150 will have neither of the pitchers in it. Yet your exposure is 50. It, on the sidebar, it'll say, yeah, yeah, you have 50% of this guy fit. <laughs> but that's not what they right. wanted. They just, they not as, but you could also have it that 50% have Jacob DeGrom and 50% of Clayton Kershaw. And there's no overlap. Yet the numbers still look the same. So from an ownership perspective that people, yes, it is a blunt way of trying to recreate the field of like, well, take the ownership column and put that in your min max column and then press build, you know, look at how many, how, how, what, what is this stack going to be owned? Put that as the min max or whatever, like that's better than, than nothing, but you have to admit that that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be building anywhere close to the exact or somewhat reasonable cuz you're going to have players stick together that all the, all of these stacks will end up having this player and all and had 90% of the stacks will have this pitcher and and that isn't what is going to actually happen and then on top of it 15 20% of the lineups in your contest in large field let's say MLB are these lineups that have so many possible combinations of like two one 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 with a five percent like like dude right. like the banging against the keyboard lineups, it's like good luck predicting what those <laughs> are gonna look like. Right. Like how do you, how does a I user think- that doesn't have the programming skills, but at least could understand this stuff conceptually, not just go in and think that I'm gonna go into fantasy cruncher with some magic settings that I could use every day to quote recreate the field. Like, how could they give you, give the Sims tool a better representative sample for them to choose from?
1: Yeah. So, so we're going to have some more, um, more detailed like shows coming out. I think Greg's working on one now, for instance, that that'll help explain how he's kind of doing it in Fantasy Cruncher. Um, but, but like in general, I think if you're getting it somewhat close, that's going to be. You know, still better. Well, of still, course, yeah, sure. like I mean, uh, it, it's asking. a scale.
0: It's like it, I mean, it's not a yes or no. It's more of yeah. Right. It's precise to blunt. I mean, you, the, the perfect right. would be the time machine, and you know exactly what's in there. Right. But but people would still have to realize, like my 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 caveat. I mean, the thing that I would sh- I would stress on these educational shows would be if you see something that doesn't make much sense to you or outlier situations try to figure out why the simulation tool will show something like that and then error check that against your set and if you don't find any errors then okay then you could trust it because i i i i've had someone run because i haven't signed up yet right i will don't worry you'll get my (laughs) hundred it's fine i'll write it off uh that like if you're off on some of these like the lowest owned stuff like sometimes because the roi could be so high variance like there's like you're you're simulating a, a 400 per, uh, entry contest and there's like a 1% owned stack so like that that really is only four lineups yet you you there's so many combinations of those four lineups that for whatever reason there's there's just one combination that like like, yeah, these, the three three of these lineups are minus 8% ROI, but this one is plus 17%. And it's like, well, wha- it's it's just a weird, because it has this picture. Like, you would look at that and go, well, this, this is weird. Figuring out why it would be weird, it's predominantly because there's so few of them represented. And the combinations of being represented is very few also. Yet, you may look and see like, oh, the highest owned pitcher is 50%. The highest owned stack is 20%. And it's like, if you pair that with the two most popular one-offs, these lineups will show as negative ROI. But if you don't pair them with the two most popular one-offs, it'll show as, you know, plus 40% ROI. And he'd be like, well, I don't understand why. They both look like Brave stacks, but it's like, no, there's a fundamental difference that that instead of being combinatorically similar to way more lineups with six players, like with seven players, even though you have the most popular five man stack the rest of this lineup is built in a way where that's why your ROI on that one shows so much more and people would look at that and go how come all these stacks have different ROIs like i think understanding yeah. like why certain things happen even to just error check won't leave people with a you know a column uh, oh i'm just going to play these 20 80% ROI lineups and not realize that like half of them only exist because there's like there's only two of them or this guy's happens to be the, do you understand what i'm saying like i think knowing i don't want to say knowing how the sausage is made but just like just conceptually how the math works you don't have to do the formula but just like that whole thing with the jokic and the 3200 player like understanding like why one, one thing in one lineup could f- affect another part of that lineup And simply going by like the player ROI and go, wow, this guy is a 42% 42 ROI while the next highest player is 17%. It's like, well, there has to be a reason for it. And a lot of times the reason is because that player is literally only owned in one lineup and it just happens to be a well-projected lineup.
1: Yeah, I think think the um, tool does really good at identifying those. So in, in that case, it does a really good job of saying, this is the best Atlanta of the, of the four lineups. And not, now granted, if your contest like SIM, like we said, it isn't hundred percent representative of the contest, but it would still say out of these lineups, it is clearly the best one. And what I've really seen a lot of, and, and you mentioned it earlier about clumpiness of lineup generators, where you, maybe you get too much of this one player with this group or, or whatever, but what I've, what I've seen is actually the opposite in the SIM is it splits the lineups up part especially if you're building 20 to 150 lineups if you're building like you know just three it's not not going to maybe as much but like if you're building a pool of lineups it's going to say what it thinks is the best brave stack what it thinks is the best red Sox stack what it thinks is the best yankee stack etc and those are kind of floating up to the top so you get a really well diverse player pool um automatically like it's just kind of saying what those best lineups are and I think that's been a really cool thing for me. Um, diversifying is uh, is a tough question that we get asked a lot. You know, how many unique should I put in? How much randomness, et cetera? Well, this is like building all that in for you automatically, just because of it saying what it thinks is is the clear best one uh, across those lineups, which I I think is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Ohio's I mean, okay.
0: but uh, for, 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 to that extent, uh, one thing that the the tool doesn't show when it comes to ROI because Simply ROI doesn't doesn't tell the whole story either. Do you think that adding could be a standard deviation number? Like there are lineups that you could say that these two lineups have a 20% ROI, right? And one lineup is like, it it wins once and then dies 99 other times. And then this lineup has a 20% ROI. It doesn't win first, but it cashes like, Way more often and comes in like twelve place. Way more often, so the yep. distribution of payouts so so we so have a ROI uh... is the same. But one is like imagine with on a limited bankroll, like someone's like, well, I'm gonna just play the highest ten ROI lineups. It's like a lot of times those lineups are like like highly not correlated to one another. And like if if they don't win, like they win when everything else fails. And if everything else yep. doesn't fail, you're sitting there in last place and in second to last place and whatever. But although if, if you did play it a thousand times, you would get your 20% ROI. I could see people being like after two or three weeks going, this sucks. Right. Like, (laughs) like, like, but I mean, these are people that don't understand like the swings of GPP play, but do you think that it would be useful to show the, that type of distribution and then have, have give the people the ability to then select based on some type of diversification method. like they could do it on their own, but just to say like, yeah, I'd love to take, if I'm playing 20 lineups, I'll take five high ROI, high variance lineups. And then I'll take five mid ROI, low variance lineups. And then I'll take some low ROI, but high variance. Like, like, so naturally they're also going to give you a diversified player pool because typically those aspects relate to certain characteristics of lineups. I think that would be a lot more useful than simply because people are going to look and go, this has an 87% ROI. It can't fail. It's like, (laughs) no, it actually fails 99% of the time. It's just that you win a hundred thousand dollars on the other time and they don't live to
1: see that. And they go, what kind of bullshit is this tool? Uh, Yeah. So a hundred percent that that's the those 87% lineups, are the ones that I'm I'm always waiting for. But we do have um, in addition to ROI, we have cash percentage. So it tells you how often that lineup is caching in your player pool. And then we have win percentage, which I mean, win percentage very highly correlates to ROI. So I think we don't have a standard deviation. That might be an interesting one to consider. I think that cash percentage one is kind of getting you to what you're thinking about. And I've actually seen quite a few people doing something similar to what you're saying that they're gonna take the top five from ROI and the top five from a uh, cash percentage, for instance. And I think that's a pretty reasonable uh, route to take because I mean, that, that'll that help you with bankroll management over the long run and, and keep you having a good shot. Most of the ones that I cash often are going to be at least somewhat close to the top. They might not be like the very top, but they're still, you know, pretty good ROI lineups as well. So I think that's definitely a good way to use the tool. I agree with that. So currently you could input
0: 2000 lineups. Yep. Right. Now, obviously, you know, we, we got contests that are way larger than that. So how would, how would one use the tool if they're playing I'm playing a 25,000 person main GPP on DraftKings. Yep. Like what is 2000? Like what is, what what is 2000? Like, like obviously I can't represent 25,000 lineups. So like, like or 20,000, what do I do? I just, well, give us just take all those lineups and scale them down to 10% of that. And that's your representative feel. It almost feels like, like this is much more useful. For smaller field stuff,
1: Um, so I'm not sure I agree with that exactly. Um, Once you get to, so first of all, I don't think anyone wants to build twenty five thousand (laughs) contest sim that's like going to take forever, no matter what uh, optimizer you're using. I would say, and i I think you can get almost as accurate, and and maybe even more so in the two thousand lineups. Like maybe you're not getting as many of the um player combinations right um on the 2k as you can in the twenty five thousand, but you can get uh just about as close on like what the field ownership looks like and things like that that are kind of you know just as important and also once you get to 2000 what it what it we also saw was like you at that point that's kind of the point where you really have to start trying for outlier type scores. You, you know, like if you're in a, a 10 man person contest, you can basically play your cash lineup and that's going to be a high enough score that you need to win. You know, once you get to hundred, maybe you have to start stacking a little bit. Once you get over 2000, basically you're trying for the same type of lineup that's going to win either a 2000 contest um, or a 25,000. So I, so I think the upside needed in those lineups and uniqueness that you need in the lineups is pretty well represented in the, uh, 2000 range.
0: Right, but there's a diminishing returns. I mean, like the, the difference between a head to head and a five man is dramatic. The difference yeah. between a hundred person contest and a 500 person contest is dramatic, but the difference between like, well, people ask like, uh, like, Oh, I'm going to play the, I'm going to play the in, in NFL. I'm going to play the, the slant. That has thirty five thousand entries, and then I'm going to play the Millie Maker that has one hundred and seventy five thousand entries. I go, yeah, th- it is different, but the 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 delta between the types of lineups that you would build for one and the other isn't. I mean, isn't all all that dramatic? Maybe show, right, maybe but- a little bit more in showdown than than yeah. anything in limited contest sizes or anything like that. But why do you, why do you say that that you you feel that the the Sims tool is better used for larger contests than for smaller ones even though for smaller ones you could lit, you could i mean the 121 in baseball like 350 entries isn't it more likely that i could build lineups that are actually represented i could like weed out like for instance lineups that project for 40 points lower and are eight percent owned total like i could just throw like those contests literally just like if they do exist, I'll never be able to know. There'll be two of them and I, I, good luck figuring out which ones they are, but they're not going to, they're 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 four X minus the rake anyway. So like, fuck them, who cares? Like, it seems like since the ownership gets so, so much more condensed that like, do I have to care about a 1% owned four man randoms? Like I could just g- get rid of those and just compare my lineups to like the most owned lineups because they're going to be over like in comparison to large field they're going to be overrepresented there and it's so much easier to just determine like yeah the brave stack and these two pitchers are going to be literally like 35 of all the lineups there's so many right. that i could make um, most of the player combinations of that like it, it almost feels like like it would be easier but i can understand how the margin of error when you're wrong is much more detrimental to you
1: yeah yeah i guess i i wasn't necessarily saying that i think the larger contest is easier i th- just think it's like not harder like i i don't think it's further off um i think that essentially you can play any size with a with the range of uh contests that that we're we have can, can, do you, can think, you input any any amount of lineups uh so we have specific cutoffs but that will change here at some point uh, right now, I I don't remember what they are. I think it might be like two hundred fifty, five hundred. Oh, so you have to 750. put seven fifty. So I wouldn't be able to put in like three lineups. Uh, like like, like I want to simulate right. a three man.
0: Yeah, not currently. Right. That seems weird, isn't that? Like, doesn't that take even less amount? Like quiet?
1: so. So like the main thing is, and and th- it's coming soon. Um, but the main thing is just like we have to have like, um, payout structures for each of the different. Contest, oh, can, right? Can can, so, can I can I change that in the tool? That's a one thing that we were looking into as well. Not currently, but that might be coming soon. Do you input? Do you input? I mean, I mean, it's a two thousand person contest. So what? What do you?
0: Are you just saying here's our fictional payout structure based on you know what right. the sites yeah. typically do for that yeah. size contest? Yep, exactly. Because obviously, obviously, simulating for the the tw- the the four dollar twenty max or whatever. And the, the relay throw or $15 is much yeah, those are using actual 20 max ones. is only 10% of first versus 33% of first in some of these other contests. Obviously, the ROI numbers are going to change dramatically because it's so f- much flatter up top. And then maybe 28% of the field gets paid to like 1.5 X. That's much different than than, you know, the milli like the Millie maker in NFL. Like that's dramatic difference. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, I don't know how we're gonna do the Millie Maker exactly. It's gonna be an <laughs> interesting challenge. It just will take a long time to simulate, I think. But uh, for yeah, I mean, any, of, po- the any of the any of the post simulate yeah.
0: the Millie Maker in a two thousand lineup set. You just have to right. award like fifty percent of the prize pool to first place and <laughs> right. scale it so it's like you know, oh, it's ten thousand a first, and it's five hundred a second place, and then four hundred, like <laughs> you know, whatever, whatever yeah. you, the proportions like that. And then obviously, obviously I know I'm, 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 I'm saying, Oh, why don't you have this? Why? Like, I know how this stuff works. you cut, put out a minimum viable product that is useful and then you iterate and, and add on to that. So you don't want to have something that is like that people can't use at all, but it's like, here are the specifications and then we'll make it better based on what obviously people are using it. For and what will attract more people to it? I mean, like, right. yeah, like exactly. you knew from the get-go, Steve, that you needed uh, to have an, uh, a projections import. Like, I think because because I, I talked to, to the guys at SaberSim, and Jordan was on on the show, and I talked I talked to Matt uh, often enough, I guess that like well, the main thing with like SaberSim is like they 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 won't simulate your projection. I mean, you could input your own. It will give you some type of thing, but it like their simulations are their simulations and they're not going to re- like, I don't know what process they have, but it's not the type of thing where it's like, no, I'll, I'll give you the mean projections. And they're like, well, that's, that doesn't represent what we have. So <laughs> <coughs> we can't show all this. So like, I could see that obviously if, if you love stochastic projections, like great. I mean, you, you could have made it so that nope, you need our stuff in order to do it. But the fact that I could take Derek Cardi's bat projections and say, This is what I got, or I could take yours and his and aggregate it, or I could right. I could do whatever I want with the player projections, and then you still have the simulation method. It's not just Monte Carlo's that it's still gonna work. I mean, like, like it's it's very similar to fantasy crunch. Imagine fantasy cruncher and you can import your own projections. It's like, what the hell's the point? Right?
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, that that I mean exactly what you're saying I, I feel like you' are, you're sitting in on uh, some of our uh conversations there I mean we we thought of what we had to have as a go live um a couple different payout structures uh a lot uploading your uh, own projections a way that we could still simulate with your projections um all of those type of things that we thought were going to, be a good product for people that we felt really good about and then we'll just kind of yeah we'll continue to uh improve from there i do think that you know having things like more you know upload your own contest uh payout structures is something that we might uh we've we've talked about that the the question is just like how many people want each of these different tools right so those are that's that's a good thing that we're getting from uh, from this feedback because I know like um, you know things that I might want aren't always what everyone else wants, and things that other people want might be things I don't even care about, or uh, the data team, or you know the rest of the people on the team hadn't even thought about them. So uh, yeah, I think it's been really good in getting different feedback uh, from what may or may not work here going forward. Right. For what I would what I would want
0: is you guys come up with a represented, like a very large set of lineups. So like your own candidate field set. So you're not using it as the, as the, as the field set, you're just using it as the cat. Like we will recreate, like uh, you want, you want to the, the a hundred thousand person contest or whatever. We're going to create like a probability matrix. This is what it would all be behind the, the scenes of like, maybe not every possible combination, but like the top million lineups that we, and a probability of it being entered, right? Like kind of like that. And that's behind the scenes. And then I could could change the ownership of players, similar that you could do in like Fantasy Cruncher or anything like that. And then submit my mean projections as well as my player ownership. And then based on the numbers that I've given you, from a player ownership perspective, let's say, for instance, uh, you have some player as 20% owned. And let's just say, I think you're so off. I think he's going to be 60% owned. Like, there's no way that your lineup set will ever represent my, what I think the field is going to do. But I have no way of necessarily recreating that. So I would rather say, here's my player ownership. And I want to have, I, I think this guy's going to be 60% owned. So basically you're going into now these million lineups going, well, now I have to choose like the most 60% of the most probable of that player and kind of just skip over the ones that, Oh, I think it's going to be more probable. you're telling me that 60% of the field is going to have this guy. So I have to skip some of these lineups and fit around and go, well, that guy's also very expensive, which means these cheaper guys are going to be higher owned. So like, I'm, I'm you still have the user feeding in ownership numbers. So I could essentially take ownership from somewhere else and projections from another place, put them together and then say, Hey, Stochastic, can you generate like a field of lineups that is rep? Cause I, to me, I think that's, that's, that, that is the, the thing that when we went from generation one, generation two, generation three, So projections to lineup builders and optimizers to simulations. The thing we've been doing for eight years with optimizers and lineup builders is trying to finagle settings in order to get lineups that we actually do want to play, right? So it's not like, like, oh, you give me the lineups. It's like, no, no, you have to tell the tool. The tool ain't going to tell you anything, right? It's just a knapsack problem solver, essentially. So it's just going to go, and if you want... I give you 50% of these two guys. Yeah. But I wanted them together. Well, you, now you have to make groups and like, and you have all these things to, and we've learned how to use the tools to finagle everything together. But really the thing, but the users would want is like something more similar to the, to your lineup generator of like, dude, I just want to play like a couple of lineups. Can you just throw me some based on your projections? Can you throw me some lineups that are competitive? Right. They're maybe not the best lineups, but they're not the worst lineups. And that's, and that's what it is. And then I don't have to go through all these settings and just give me 20 of them and I'll choose and I'll go through and I don't want that one. I want this one. I know that what you offer there, and that's great for really casual players. But for a tool like this, it's like, dude, I want to be able to change the own, like you're giving me the ability of changing the project player projections, which is great, right? You need that for, for my demographic or for the break, even to, to, profitable above you know that know what they're doing but you also have I, my edge in most dfs is i think i can predict the field better than most people based on you know just i'm listening to the etr podcast and fucking jk dobbins yeah i know i know stochastic you haven't projected for 12 percent owned i he's gonna be 20 i'm, t- I'm telling you he's gonna be 20, i'm telling you and i have no way of like if i can't recreate that in my set i I want to outsource that to you to say, well, these are, these are my ownerships. Make Can you, can you make the representative set to some degree? And that at least gives, gets you out of, well, this is the stochastic set that everyone's going to use. Like, like you're not giving away the answer key. You're just saying it's very similar to the current SIM tool with the player projections. Like, dude, if you want to change someone's projection, if you want to change Joey Gallo from seven points to nine points, go for it. Have fun. We're not going to tell you that's wrong. Right, which is like that's what it is, but the ownership end of the spectrum I want to be able to do all oh, oh, you have this guy at six percent, you have this stack at 12 percent. I know he's it's going to be eight percent. You have this that like and then build the representative set. And if I'm wrong, then you know, I don't have a very good set, but you don't get into that. You you understand what I mean by you you don't like, you don't want to make it, or you do, you'd have to charge a lot where you aren't making the definitive saying these are the 30,000 entries. And that's it. And then everyone's just going to believe that. And then you, then it just comes down to going to stochastic site, going to the Sims, and going, show me the thirty thousand entries, show me the highest ROI lineup. I'm going to play that lineup. And then of course, then you have the game theory leveling of like, well, then other people are playing that lineup, and I'm going to play the fifth best line. You don't, <laughs> want, you really don't want to be in that business. But I think yeah. you could still do it on the back end on a large scale by just here like a million lineup set. That's the most probable. And if any, and, and out of that set, then just like, well, what are you, you could use stochastic ownership and we'll build it for you, or you can use your own ownership. Does this sound like, like, am I, does this sound like something that like, is not just me that's going to use, that's something that could actually be useful for even like just
1: intermediate players that, you know, don't do all of this stuff. Yeah. I mean, I think definitely, uh, the, the, what you're what you're saying it sounds like pretty intuitive, right? Because then you could just put your 150 lineups in there and and grade it against those lineups. Creating a million lineups though is very difficult. So that I, I don't understand. know how, I, I, I I know how be, the feasible I just... feasible it is exactly. The the one thing and that I was thinking of like when you had like the when you mentioned if there was a one one size fits all 30k lineup the the set of lineups that you played against. If we look at like MMA, for instance, I think that would be like because that's about what came to my mind when you said thirty thousand. Because that's like what what size those contests normally are. And then if they, if we had, so let's say we had a, a set of thirty thousand lineups that were exactly as <clears throat> what we thought were the best options, but we were a little bit off, and there was this one lineup that you know we thought was going to be duped five times, but in reality it should be duped like 50 times. Mm. Now every person that used the, that sim would would like that lineup, right? Essentially, because a lot of people would come across that lineup um, in their set of whatever 500 lineups that they want to represent. And then they would just keep choosing that lineup for all of a sudden that lineup would be not only 50% or 50 dupes, it'd be like maybe 150 because all of our uh, people that also used it right but this is this this the main reason
0: stuff. why i say like keep yeah.
1: i can understand that
0: you shouldn't be in that business because then it, it becomes the whole dfs becomes a leveling game at that point like that would be behind the scenes like you wouldn't be able to see what stochastic thinks the field is going to be you still have to recreate you still have to put the inputs so similar to like how run justin does run the sims of like Right. Dude, if you want yep. to give, uh, you know, Calvin Ridley a 37% target share, go for it. I mean, we only give him an 18% target share, but feel free to make it so that, you know, this team runs the ball 98% of the time if you want. And then based on those inputs, we'll show you the we'll, we'll, we'll run the game simulations and show you the fantasy points from that. The same way that you have this, you have, you, you've done the data analysis to go based on what we have projected, this is the, these, these are the, the most likely lineups that we're going to see in the contest and a, a very large set of them. And then you, you that's, in, but no one sees that. So they can, they can't choose what you think. And that's just the lineup set that when I enter inputs, that I'm not entering stuff that like, like, cause let's say I tried to recreate the lineups using lineup HQ or fantasy cruncher. And I'm like, okay, here's 300 lineups. And then I upload the 300 lineups. It compares the 300 lineups to the million and goes, dude, none of these are in the goddamn million. I mean, like, (laughs) like, like, dude, do it, do it again. Right. Like it's, it's a, it's a way to check and go, go. Yeah. I know. I know that all these guys are owned the same way, but like none of these lineups, like only 12% of your lineups exist in our, in our fictional large set of what we think the lineups are like, even if it's truthful, even if it's that, and it just goes, here's, here's the comparison between your representative set and what our representative set is. And that's of course, based on your ownership. And then I have the ability to go, well, what happens if, you know, just like the target shares and everything else with run the Sims. Well, I'm telling you that there's going to be 27% brave stacks, not 12%. I'm telling you, like okay, now build them, and then you have to dig into the million line. Like, because I, I I really think you're gonna hit a wall, where the questions that you're gonna be answering are about how, what do you think? What do you, it, you you're gonna be judging people's two thousand lineup? Like, is this representative? Is this representative? Is this representative? Is this right? Re- <laughs> like, yeah. and it becomes magic settings. It's like what what do you set on Fantasy Cruncher to get representative? It's like man, you can't really. You, Every slate is different. You know, we get into that, those, all those arguments that I think it would be so much more useful to be like, you know, you're paying $180 a month. It's like,
1: we're going to help you with that also. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it's definitely something that, uh, that we could consider down the road. I I like the idea for sure. And definitely, um, uh, road. Is it (laughs) a short road? I don't know. That's a good question. Um, we'll have to see. I, I'll, uh, yeah. I mean, we, we've it, talked it about mean, like I, a lot I, of different, different we've talked about, no, I, I mean, definitely speaking
0: of like, oh, this is something that Jordan Cooper will use and no one else will understand.
1: No, no, definitely not. I mean, we have all kinds of different ideas that are out there. Um, and I think it's. Well, what, what's the craziest one, one?
0: What's, what's the, can you share? Can you share a crazy the one?
1: Craziest idea? Like no. a great, like an idea, like,
0: oh, <laughs> I, no, I would have never thought about doing this. Like, or, or an idea that you had, that the, that the team goes, yeah, that's that's a Steve Buzzard thing. Like, we would never, like, you're the
1: only one that would ever use that. I think I think I would always put Calvin Ridley at 37% uh, <laughs> share. So that that's mine. Only if I mean, he's
0: betting on the game?
1: <laughs> <laughs> he's won me so much over the years that he's like one of the biggest uh, amount of jerseys I think I have. So <laughs> I'm always going to put him up there. Uh, do you do the same thing that I do—that that that you buy a jersey
0: of a player from the lineup type of thing? Uh,
1: certain ones. I don't. I don't have a lot of them, but he's definitely the most prominent. <laughs> right. Because I I always buy
0: when I at uh, any contest if I at first it has to be first place for at least th- uh, twenty five thousand. Okay. I buy the nice lo- I buy the jersey of the lowest owned player.
1: Lowest. Yeah, that makes sense.
0: So that's that's that. So that's why I have a Wilson Chandler jersey. Right. Oh, got it. So like, yeah. I mean, like I like that. would look and go like, why do you have like
1: <laughs> Jorge Alfaro Marlins jersey? What's, what's up <laughs> with that? <laughs> well, those are more fun than the 17th LeBron that you have from that <laughs> one. Right? Right, right. right. And unless he was the lowest on unless he was the lowest on player. Right. Yeah. Right. I have
0: a Tobias Harris. It's like oh, Tobias Harris is a real player. It's like, yeah, he just happened to be the lowest on player in the lineup because no one wanted to play him at 7800 on that slate or something. Something. Yeah. Like that. But so so what? What's what's a feature? What's it something like something, something crazy? I, I Amazing, mean, crazy. It's, it's it's relatively right. Yeah. Um. Because so I want to highlight Steve. I want to highlight know. the fact that this yeah. isn't just like a a static thing of like you came right. out this product. Yeah. It is what it is. You did are yeah. we're, we're, we're it. gonna
1: keep, we're gonna keep working on it. I don't I don't have any one in in specific uh, one in mind. How about other sport? Yeah. I mean, I'm. I have
0: to assume that there's going to be an NFL version by September.
1: We are planning on NFL version. Uh, We're also working on golf as well. Um, I don't have a specific time frame for that, but hopefully sooner than later. Um, and then, yeah, I think probably after that will probably be NFL. We already did have NBA out. We just released it only to a small group of people uh just for trials because it kind of came out at the end of the season that was like basically just playoffs and it was re- really good as well i think uh nba is a lot simpler to to do than mlb because you're not having to worry about stacks and stuff but um is so it, yeah is i think this is this only is, for classic well. i
0: mean how about how about
1: showdown yeah uh showdown i think we can we are exploring, I guess. I don't know if we're going to 100% do Showdown, but uh, the, the tricky thing on Showdown is those dupes, right? Because, so if you're trying to replicate the field, then you have to get skilled at creating duplicated lineups. That's uh, and not does easy. Does any,
0: that, Steve, does any, I, I mean, I couldn't even go into lineup HQ and say, I want, I, it doesn't allow you to, to like, right. like, I would have to create lineups and then recreate them again and then have multiple sets in order to even, have an export that like I would have to paste them together. Cause I can't tell. So I want everyone at hundred percent, 10 times. It's like, it's it's (laughs) going to give you that one lineup, but it is going to show it 10 times. Yeah, exactly.
1: So, so that's probably the biggest uh, hurdle for showdown. So maybe if we go to showdown we either have to have a lot more education on how to build those, or we have to do something like what you're saying, right. Where you have, um where we kind of automatically duplicate some lineups for you or something like that. But I mean, it's on our radar. Certainly showdown is popular. I've had a lot of success with showdown same with MMA. Um, I think a lot of our, uh you know, customers love showdown and MMA and sports like that. So uh, hopefully we can figure something out, but I don't know how soon.
0: Is there anything else that, that I haven't mentioned or asked or that about the tool that, you want people to know, or that you you thought I would address and
1: I didn't. Um, I don't think so. I think I think just the biggest thing is like there's so many different ways to be able to do well. Exactly like we talked a lot about mimicking the pool and making sure that your lineups looked exactly like the pool. But I've seen kind of just within our. Uh, DMs that I've been getting from users, as well as in our uh, Discord, just like different ways that people are coming up with their pools that are kind of unique and maybe aren't ways that I would have thought of. But I think then I would, I'm like, they're like, would this work? Does this make sense? Sometimes I'm like, no, that doesn't make sense, right? You shouldn't have 60% Brave stacks, um, even when you think they're going to be 10% owned. But then there are other ideas that they have come up with that I'm like, hmm, I don't know. And then I go and try it and I'm like, oh yeah, these lineups look like they're pretty good. So um, so there there are some different ways that you can kind of think about using the tool as well, besides just only making it 100% about uh, pool accuracy. But be creative and think of those. I, I can't share other people's ideas necessarily, but... Um, yeah. Well, do you think it would be useful, even if you didn't do the idea that
0: I mentioned before of after the slate is over up being able to upload the lineups that yes. I put in the yep. pre and then giving me some type of grade on how accurate was your pool versus the actual like, not, not like did your lineups win or what the ROIs are, just like, like, well, you had 14% brave stacks, but in the post contest simulator, it was 18 for like, And it shows you, like, okay, you were off by X amount. So at least people, if they're going to try to build these blunt methodology type of pools that, like, I could do that. And it's like, yes, I could build something to show what the matrix of my lineups versus other lineups. But most people don't build that type of stuff. They just want, you know, I built these 2,000 lineups. How how did I I do against what actually happened? Like... That's because you need a back test. You shouldn't have like, I'm gonna plug in all these settings and this is what I think. And and just the next day act like nothing happened. It's like, no, go back to see. It's like, dude, you had 36% of this pitcher in your in your pool, but he was only 10% owned. Like, shouldn't you? Know? Now, and you see over time that it's like, yeah, I'm I'm getting these, these, I'm getting the low owned pitchers wrong. I'm getting some of these combinations. And I I need to do better at that. Like, even, even if you have a way of showing that.
1: Yeah, um, I think that's a good idea. See, I, I,
0: I, I, this is, I need to be in a meeting.
1: <laughs> for sure. <laughs> I, I think like any way that we can help people grade their lineups after the fact and post-contest simulator as is right now is kind of maybe it's version one of that, right? Gener- the generation one of, of that. And then we kind of keep building on from there and hopefully people continue to uh, to get better at, at doing
0: that. So is the Stochastic Sims tool, is it the Holy Grail?
1: Uh I think it's I don't think uh a hundred percent, but I think it's pretty it's getting us there. Maybe maybe for maybe generation four will get us a hundred percent to the holy grail. <laughs> and when when does that come out? <laughs> mm, pretty soon. I don't know. But do you but do you think just <laughs> to the extent, I mean, truthfully, I mean it's it's as it's as it's as good of a tool as there is out there. I I have no question saying that. Right. But I'm I'm talking about from an ecosystem perspective of like our are our, our I don't know how
0: long it is, but you have to like a publicly available version of what you've done with accurate projections and a, and a reasonable way of accurately representing the field. Like are this is end stage. Like this is like end stage DFS. This is, this is poker solvers now. Like, it's kind of like we're at that point where like, does this stage last for 10 years? Maybe. Does it last for two years? Does it? But I'm assuming, like, there's going to be a point where, like, either you're using something like this or you're a losing player and it just comes down to the players that utilize this type of methodology accurately versus basically the people that build lineups on the bathroom. Like, it's like it becomes, like, we all know that if it wasn't for the bad lineups, like it doesn't matter anything or what, like we'd all be losing players. So it's like that leg up that, that stick, it goes from like bad, 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 bad. And then, then it kind of levels out. Like as long as that, that hump is above the rake, like we could all eat to some extent. It may not be the largest ROI, but we could eat to some level. Do you think it's going to get to a point that, you know, 10 years from now, it's like, yeah, if you play DFS, you it, there's, there's two or three sites that have these, you know, you know, kind of computer simulations and choose. If you want to have a nice lottery ticket, just choose one of the lineups that gets spit out by one of these simulators. And if you don't like, just don't play, like just don't like, don't. And then we see the, the bottom 15, 20%, 25% of lineups. Like there's only like 3% of people that are willing to like throw their money away. And then like the rake eats everyone else. Like do you, do Dude, I I think it's overblown because Steve, we've been playing for a long time. Pretty, I think you've been playing longer than me, but long enough. Dude, I, know, I got I? into DFS in 2015, <laughs> and I read posts on the Rotogrinders forums about how DFS was dead <laughs> yep. because of the projections. Or DFS is dead in 2017. uh, uh the optimizers are going to kill it. I mean, like like everyone reacts that way, and there's still an edge. It still ends up being an edge. It just gets smaller and smaller, but it's not like it, it, it's dead, dude. There were posts I saw in the Roadrunner forums, 2013 DFS is dead. Every, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, like really, like really? So, so I, I'm assuming that being that you're, uh, you know, part of the team at stochastic, you wouldn't build a company like stochastic. If you thought that everything's coming to an end in two years.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah, for sure. Um, so like, I, I agree with you. Like even back then when it was saying DFS is near the end, it held me off to start playing too much. I, I think it sounds like your your starting time was about the same as mine, Um but I I don't think it's coming to an end. I think I think it as you keep getting smaller and smaller edges, there is some risk where you know if you just have like a handful of DFS players not you know, like really good ones that enter a lot of lineups, if they stop playing, then all of a sudden, you know, then like, I don't know, the contest sizes shrink. And then the casual people aren't interested in 25,000 the first, they're only interested in a hundred thousand the first. So there could be like some type of ongoing wrinkle like that, but I don't think we're close to that. And hopefully like maybe, the tool brings in new players that are new 150 players, right? That weren't 150 players uh, before. (laughs) So maybe. What if, if, like, this new player is a plus 8% player and someone else that used to be plus 15% quits because they've gone down to 10% and to to them 10% isn't. Worth as much well, that, of their time just, that's or something, right? That good players so, quit. I mean, that's yeah, right. That's just, I mean, I, I agree. I
0: agree with that. That, like, dude, dude, anyone that's currently 150 maxing, I want out of my contest. I go, 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 whatever AI crypto thing is that, you know, whatever, right? I mean, people must love, I mean, I, people, I don't, I don't 150 max, but I mean, I played the least amount of DFS volume the past year or two that I have previously. Only because I'm just putting that money into other thing. I'm like,
1: prompt, on vacation betting
0: and poker and like I'm just getting it's the fact. Steve, uh, uh, were, were you were you part of the poker? Are you I mean former poker player of some type or anything?
1: A bit, um, not quite as like heavy as some folks were, but I was, I would say an upper, I don't know, 10, ten percentile. Okay,
0: but like I mean, that. but to come from poker, like poker is high variance right the variance in poker I mean dude you need to manage your bankroll Yep. compared to DFS it's like it's like not it's like it's, dude I went I went I went back to go play po- poker and I played a whole you know 100 200 300 hours or whatever and I'm like wow this is so not variant at all <laughs> yeah. right and like even though like yeah yeah I got killed by a two outer or something like that but like DFS like I think Next that's level. I think that's the biggest I think that's the biggest curse as well as the biggest advantage of DFS is that in order to play DFS really well, there's still an absurd amount of, I mean like there's the amount of survivorship bias there is in the industry is ridiculous that we're just seeing like plenty of great DFS players just had bad variants early. Didn't manage their bankroll and left. And we don't. We've never even heard of those people. I mean, it's not even people that used to. You know, this guy. no. We just never, literally, never heard of them. Oh. Uh, but it's also the biggest benefit because of that variance. Like any random lineup by some Joe Schmo can win a million dollars, even though over the course of a long run, it's negative ROI. Like it could happen at any time. So I think that that draws more people to play, but it also draws you know 150 maxers to kind of be like if i don't if i don't up my game like i'm gonna put my money in something else and that makes that to me that makes the contest sometimes even easier because you want more you want people to, you want people to quit you want good players to quit and you want bad players to continue playing and a high variance environment
1: actually fosters both yeah, to to an extent, you don't want too many high volume players to quit. That uh, the the price aren't will big go enough. down too much. Yes, I agree with that. So, yeah, there there's a give or take on that. I, I think um I think your comments about like these good players that never really got anywhere is was ac- is actually kind of timing uh, timely. I was another good buddy of mine was talking about how he started off with like two hundred fifty dollar deposit, and if that two hundred fifty dollar deposit didn't work out you know, he wasn't going to keep playing similar story of, for me, I had like a $500 match deposit with uh fan back in the day. Right. If that, uh, if that, that was just kind of like, okay, here's some of my extra poker money. And if this doesn't work out with that money, then, you know, I'll just keep playing poker and whatever else. And it, it's just like, it, I, I think that there's probably a lot of people like that, that, um, probably would have been really good. It just didn't really give it a, a full go. Cause like I could have easily not worked out in that first bit, but instead it went completely like the opposite way. Right. So, so it, it's a, it's a pretty interesting, there's a lot of randomness in outcomes of tournaments, but also just like how you get started, how you build up your bankroll. There's like people that maybe won a big tournament and then just kind of lost it cause they weren't very good. Or maybe they, they, you know, a lot of there's a Steve, there's a lot of people like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Or maybe they, they were good and they got lucky and hit a big tournament right away. Uh maybe someone didn't hit a big tournament for a while that was good, but maybe they kind of just hung around a little bit. And um, I don't know, there's just there's just like so much randomness in just like that career progression as well. So
0: well, that's I why know. I try to limit the randomness as much as possible. That's why I'm that's yeah. why that's why I'm a knit. It's like, okay, fine, <laughs> let's you guys feel free, post your screenshots or whatever. And at the end of the year, I'll still post my somewhere between 40 and $80,000. I mean, yeah, I've had some years where yeah, a yeah, hundred, two hundred thousand, 200,000, but like on average, it's like, I'm going to try to find the way to get, make about 50 to $75,000. With the least amount of variance. It's like if can I can I can I do that? And sometimes that is playing the large field. Cont- sometimes it's like, dude, I think I'm better off playing the large field contests and 20 entries into that and winning one a year, and that, that may be fine. It's just that I have to go through you have to go through that period, Steve. Right. Do you, yep. do, you do you do you agree? Do you agree with this? Lastly, that the 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 sign I, I, I always say that the sign of a good player. A good DFS player. You know you're a good DFS player when that you would have at least once a year, at least once a year, you're questioning whether or not you should even be playing DFS anymore. Like, just like, like, do I just, do I, did, your question is like, yeah, I've been, I know I've been playing for eight years and I've been profitable literally every year, but did I just get lucky for seven years? Did I, <laughs> did or i Did I, did did it was was it just just like survivorship by like did i what i mean or am i not good at, did is there edge gone is what i'm doing am i am i still doing stuff from 5 years ago that isn't good anymore and i just get i, I like you're and, and sometimes to the point in which you're like you know why don't i just like kind of close out my i'll just withdraw my money and like i'll do something else for a month right like like and you or you could get to the point depending on your bankroll where it's like Maybe it's time for me to get a full-time job at some other industry or something like, like, do you believe that that sounds terrible, right? That sounds terrible, (laughs) but you you know how many people, good players that you talk to that like, if you're not questioning your ability, like, as if like you're never going to win again. And the only reason you won was pure variance before, like to me, that's the hallmark of, that probably means you're, that probably means you're good. Typically the people that get lucky that aren't good are ones that, you know, win a, win a hundred thousand dollars and think they're on the top of the world and they figured everything out. And they're like, yeah, timed up my volume. I'm the greatest player ever. It's like, mostly, you know, I talked to like squirrel patrol or something like that. He's like, yeah, it's luck. Every time I win a. when <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah. We could. On any given day, it's just like over the course of time. Yes, you're good. So you'll, you'll have six month periods. Alex has shared some of his screenshots where he's a million dollar down swings. But over the course of it's still a trend line up, and you have to go through that of like, yeah, that's that's how much variance there is here that that you shouldn't just say, oh, it's been bad luck. It's like, no, no, well, maybe I'm just not good.
1: Yeah, it's um I don't know if I feel exactly like I, sh- I shouldn't be playing, but I'm definitely always questioning. Am I, have I screwed something up? Did I change my process and it doesn't work anymore? Did I, have I not changed my process in this area? Um, and that's, that's the, the same if I'm winning or losing. So I'm always thinking about that, I guess. Um, I don't know that I'm ever hopefully thinking that I'm going to want to have to go to another industry again, but, um, but yeah, I mean, to start off this MLB season, I have started it off as hot as, I don't know Eight. that I have <laughs> anyways. But um, and then just like it was just like a f- flip in the middle of May, like I'm losing every slate for whatever, two or three weeks in a row. And I don't know, is it's not anything that I changed or any anything like that. It's just certainly there was a lot of variance on the front end, a lot of variance on the back end overall for the season. It's been a great season. Um, but like during the three weeks, you're like, uh, I don't know, maybe maybe there's something that I inadvertently changed in one of my um, files somewhere. Right. I don't know. Right. So it could be all kinds of different things. Maybe I'm not making my 2k contests correctly. Right. Or, or whatever. Um, There's just like so many different things that kind of go through your mind of what it is. Maybe not that I just got lucky the whole time, Like for, for seven years, I feel like, or whatever many years it's been now, I feel like that's too long to have been lucky, but definitely, you know, short spurts of uh, luck are out there both on the positive and negative side. And it makes me think about whether I should be changing up my process. Um, I mean, I guess certainly sometimes that I think about if I, do want to, or if I should still be playing, I guess, I guess I do do think about it sometimes because the one thing you don't want to do is you don't want to get, let's, let's say you won a hundred thousand dollars over your DFS career. And that was a pretty good, you know, change for you. What you don't want to do is you don't want to play one or two years too long where you're just losing all that money. You'd rather stop playing one year before you start (laughs) losing all that money. Even if it means you, lost out on um, some profits, I think. So I think it's it's always on the back of your mind.
0: I don't necessarily think it's about quitting or not quitting. It's just a matter of like, there are, there are so many edges out there in adjacent industries and different avenues that it's like, do I want to play $1,500 of volume on this MLB slate? Or do I want to allocate 1200 of that 1500 to Props that are significantly off that I could get money down on. It's like I have a better ROI. It's 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 more of a just like no, I have a better ROI and less risk of ruin there. So I'm just going to put the money there. I'm still going to put money here, but I'm just going to put less of it here and put more money there. Especially when it's adjacent enough that it's the same type of product. I mean, I'm not doing anything different. Like poker is different. So poker, I have to go and play. Like yes, but of course, I could bring a laptop. I could build lineups. I could do whatever I want on my phone. I could do stuff at the same time, but it just a matter of like, it's not a, it's not like, oh, I play $2,000 a day in DFS and also 5000 in props, or also it's like, no, you should have like, I view it as you have a bankroll and that this is how much percent you should be to all of these activities. And then you're divvying that out amongst other things. So it's not that like, oh, when you don't see me on an ML, playing an MLB slate, it's not that like, oh, well, Well, you think DFS is dead. It's like, no, I just, that there were like five props that were so off that I wanted to put 200 bucks each down on them. And that's my allocation of funds for, you know, this, you know, gambling, if you want to call it, in in a day that, no, I just, I'll take the day off of DFS because of it. And then there's some days where it's like, oh, there's nothing on the board is off. It's like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to play 20 lineups into the large field. Maybe I'll play, I'll play the 888 and NBA or something on a given. And that's my allocation on that day. And then like you go, then some days it's like, oh, oh, it's a, it's a split slate. It's one of those Thursdays where it's an early three game MLB slate and a three game. And I don't want to play showdown. It's like, okay, you know what I'm doing today? Going to the poker room.
1: Right. right.
0: Like, and if you view it like that, it's not, a I I get the sense, Steve, that maybe online, maybe it's an online thing that people think that just because it's available, that if you're good, you're taking advantage of everything. Right. Right. You you understand what I mean by like, oh, well you don't think there's an edge in league of legends. I go, no, of course there is. It's just that like, I'm only one person and how much time do I have? And what's it worth for me to do? I used to play soccer exclusively the first year and a half. And now I don't play any interleague slates or any of these MLS slates. It's like, well, you don't have an edge in them. It's like no, it's my best sport. Like I could play those every day, but the first prize prize in the MLS contest is five hundred dollars. Like right. it's a, it's an eight dollars. I mean, it's like it's a small lobby, and the head to head lobby is all expert players that I, no one has an advantage over. So like, yeah, back when I only had a five thousand dollar bankroll, I would play those contests. But now, now I I can I, but I have something better to do at six thirty on Saturday than do that. Like. You get the sense that, like, if you're not doing something, people will view, especially when you're out there, like, you're not as public facing as, like, I am or other, like, analysts on Stochastic, but it's not a matter of, like, it's not a matter of, you like, dude, no one no one could play everything. No one could, like, oh, did you bet this prop, did you bet this second half NBA prop on this random 10-30 game? It was off by three points, and I'm like, I didn't even see it. It's like, Like, oh, you can't be a professional. How did you not see that? It's like, dude, dude, have you ever talked to a professional sports better? There are people that like specialize in like very specific markets and that's all they do. And it's like, well, I could add this other market, but I'm like, I'm killing this market. So I'm just gonna focus on that. Like, I get the sense that some to some people in the audience that it's either you do everything or you do nothing. And that's really not how you should be thinking about DFS, when people like in, in discord may ask you, uh, should I play cash games? Should I play GPPs? What size, what, what should my contest selection be? How much money should I play in small field versus large? And you look at them and you go, well, what are your edges? And I would suggest by default, put more money where you think you have the biggest edge and put less money where you don't have the thing. And what that is for you is going to be completely different for me. So don't go by what I don't go by my contest selection, go by, have a long enough sample size that you know what you're good at and what you're bad at and what, you know, certain slate sizes, certain prop markets, certain what, and then you you build your own menu of what you do on a given day and your menu may look completely different than mine.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's completely true. And it's like how, how correlated the, they are to each other is a big thing too. Like if you're playing, <clears throat> the $4 and the $15 contest on an MLB slate, that's like easier to enter both of them, for instance, like assuming you have the right bankroll than it is to say, Hey, I want to play the MLB slate. And I also want to play the MLS slate. And I also want to play the tennis slate. Like it takes a lot of work to create a process for MLS and for tennis and for stock investments and for, uh crypto and for, uh, you know, whatever else, <laughs> prop bets and game line bets and all these other things. Uh, the, so definitely like, I think that's one thing that I struggled with for a while was I, I had that kind of that same mentality where I needed to try to get into all these other different contests and stuff, but I've decided to, you know, just make sure that I'm spending my time uh, in the most productive way for what I'll call like, you know, work time, I guess. You know, that's what DFS is kind of work time. Right. I know. Or I like, it, I like, the, I like
0: the kind of the, the work time. <laughs> yeah. Because um, I mean, cause, cause truthfully, what we do is like, I don't view this as, I don't view this conversation we've been talking. I don't view it like we're doing work.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. I agree. So, so it's kind of like this quote unquote work or entertainment or whatever you want to call it time. I want to make sure that I'm productive in that time, but like if I chased every edge possible, um, I mean, I'm going to have no time for anything else essentially. Cause I think there's edges all over the place uh, that people can take advantage of. Right. So, you know, finding what you're best at and then always challenging if that's the right spot for you to be at the current time, I think is definitely a sign of maybe not only a sign of if you're good at DFS, but also a sign of if you're just a good time manager and a good, person that understands like what their time is worth and um those type of things also
0: what they value also what they value with their time i mean like i I, i've told people plenty of times that like you don't have to play today's slate you don't like go do something it's like how much is your time like like i i i make it very clear wednesday nights i don't play i don't play dfs you go well why don't you play what is there something specific about wednesday slates that you don't play it's like no, I watch AEW Dynamite. I don't want to have to go out of my computer for a late swap. I don't even want to be distracted by the MLB app. It's like this is the time that I watch from eight to ten with my wife, and I value it. I what monetary value I have no idea, but I don't have to. I don't have to play. I don't yeah. have to sweat. Right, my wife sometimes on Saturdays will be like. Do you really need to watch MMA? I go truthfully. I don't, but I enjoy it. I'm doing it because I enjoy doing it. But if (laughs) we have something else to do, like I have no problem making lineups and we go out to dinner. I like, I, I, but you also have to put a, not even a dollar value on that of like, I know that I could make more money spending more time doing stuff. I, I absolutely, but you know what I also value. Sometimes I just like taking a nap at three o'clock. Sometimes like, and, can I can I pay all my bills, right? Can I have a nice life? Can I have a car and a house and everything and not be financially free to some extent, not extravagantly, and then be like, you know what, you know, I could probably turn this two hours of time into like hundred and forty dollars of expected dollars, right? Or I could nap, and it's like, you know what, I'll just nap. I mean, like, like <laughs> I'm not <laughs> thinking like that. And I think I think a, I will think a lot. I mean, I think this is, this is important for people that, you know, are looking to, you know, bet on sports or play daily fantasy that I know this sounds like the old, I I mean, I'm 44. I sound like the the old guy, my 24 year old self would look at myself and go, what are you an idiot? Right. (laughs) Just like dude, 16 hours a day, grind your dick off. You know, like that, that was who I was at 24, 44. It's like, I like having a yard, right? I like, you know, yep. my wife, my wife has a nice dinner. We watch something on Netflix, and it's like, oh, that that's much more enjoyable than sweating NBA games. Right? I enjoy sweating NBA games, but not 16 hours a day, not play, playing poker six days a week, 12 hours a day, including online, eight tables at a time. Like, like, yeah, you'll make the most money that way. The thing is, is that four years will go by of your life and you go, wow, I have all this money. And I, I, what am I doing? I, I, did I really enjoy myself? I, Cause I had nothing that I didn't do anything. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. It's a, it's a tough balancing act um, for sure. And I, I think that's where you have to have that cut off on what those valuable things are. Like if you're a uh, nice dinner that already cost you an extra $200 and is worth like, you know, you're also going to be missing out on that $140 that you uh, missing out on on that times. So now it's like 200, $340. And then it's just like, but if you didn't do that in four years ever, right, then you're like, uh, what was the point of having all this extra money? Right. So um, yeah, I think it's definitely true. Right. Okay. Steve, I have a hard time with it. So still. I need even more of your contest or more of your help. (laughs) Well, I think, I think part of the
0: enjoyable factor, I mean, I think it's very similar to you, different mediums, but you know, you're, you know, CFO of Stochastic. You, you enjoy being part of the operational side of, of a company in the DFS space. And I enjoy content creation. I enjoy getting up at 11 o'clock in the morning, doing the Roto-Grinders DFS pregame show Monday through Friday doing MMA crunch time, doing this podcast every, every so often. And like, this is, it's still, it earns me income because it is, you know, a tool to promote content and obviously courses and everything. Uh, But it's not just me playing. So it's like, it's this diversified kind of revenue stream where it's still adjacent to playing DFS but you know that you know there's there's a paycheck coming every other week or whatever from from stochastic of like, okay, I don't mind making money, you know, trading time for money this way or skill for money, and then also doing this on t- like it's just one big portfolio of time. And you know if if you enjoy doing it, I mean people people do shows and podcasts that get paid nothing and it's like, oh, this yeah. is how I enjoy sports betting or dfs or anything and i think there's a val there's there's a value to that on top of just playing just because you could just be a play- you could have been an unknown play just it's the cults who's the cults the enigma of the cults <laughs> he's whatever but it's like no no i i i i value something more than just sitting you know being like being more like like cow, right just just his random scream name you barely hear ever hear from him never appears on shows And then wins like four millions in like one year. And then just like, it's like, okay, if that's what he enjoys, that's fine. But you don't have, you don't have to be that. You could start some, start, start content, start a company, start a, any type of venture, do whatever. Just stream on YouTube every day and just yell at people. Do whatever you want. (laughs) Like it. So Steve, Steve Buzzard, not the cult. Didn't you, didn't your handle used to be the cults?
1: Uh, on Twitter, more. no, 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 uh, I no.
0: Sworn, I could have sworn it was
1: right, but no. Steve, Buzzi, I think I more, think I more started more that up even before I started playing DFS, actually. So no, no plans on it being like a public thing.
0: That's so, and, and and you got the Colts is for the Indianapolis Colts, I'm assuming.
1: Yep, right, Colts. Yep. Used to right. be a huge Colts fan. Still am, but not quite as much anymore.
0: But you could follow him at Steve Buzzard. I'll put the link in the description of the podcast and the YouTube video for Stochastic Sims. No affiliate code, no nothing. I don't. I don't do any referrals or anything. People ask me. Oh, the thing you mentioned. Do you have a referral code for like RotoTracker? I'm like, no. Maybe, should I? Maybe. I am is there? <laughs> I, my my whole thing is that I, I don't talk about things because I'm an affiliate. I. It's what I use. If what, what I think you could find, it's YouTube, your audience. Right, right. So to me, it's like if I if I thought the stochastic Stims tool was useless, you wouldn't be on the show talking about it, right? I mean, like it's you're answering questions that I want to know because I want to use it, and then I'm gonna go spend my 180 dollars, take my tax write off, and uh, and and see what happens, and and maybe I'll rep- I'll report back on a, on a future episode. Yeah, I haven't done. Right. I'll just report, and then. Say okay, this is this is what I'm doing. I don't know if I don't know if I could be in your Discord. I, I mean, yeah, I'm I'm a member because I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a subscriber. I don't know how good of a look it'll be if I'm hanging out and it, you know. <laughs> it's it, it,
1: it, Steve. Is the DFS industry still like that? Uh, I think it's much less. Probably than it a little before. bit, but yeah, maybe not as much as it used to
0: be. Right. It used to be like it's like no, you're here and uh, you can't see be seen behind enemy lines. You can't associate with people <laughs> or whatever and. I just view I I think if, if stochastic does well, I do well. If stochastic does well, Roto Grinders does well, right? If Action Network does well, every like it, it odd odd shopper does well. Like to me, to me, it's it's all every if the industry does well, everyone does well. Yep. So all I can yep. do is hope to promote, you know, anything other than fantasy cards. <laughs>
1: gotcha. <laughs>
0: But that's more for personal reasons. (laughs) Okay, Steve, thanks for coming on. And uh, as always, Theory of Daily Fantasy Sports. Take the 15-hour audio DFS masterclass at theoryofdfs.com.